Welcome to the Now Leading Podcast, hosted by the Northwest District LCMS. We bring a Lutheran point of view to conversations on the art of leading as a follower of Jesus, through valleys, over peaks, and on the waves, following his lead in the great Northwest. Hey there, welcome to the Now Leading Podcast. This is Dust Kunkel, and I am excited about 2021 and what we have to share on this podcast. You got it. That's right excited. With all the challenges that we're facing as leaders across the NOW district, there are still so many things that we can say and do and share with one another that keep one another encouraged. And the NOW Leading Podcast is a part of that encouragement support network. This year, we'll be focusing on sustaining ministry, sustaining healthy ministry, and starting new. And so you can expect to hear on this podcast some episodes that are interviews with leaders who are sharing ways that they sustain healthy ministry. And you can also expect to hear conversations with leaders about starting new. And that's what comes on this particular episode. The Now Start Network meets every other month on a live call and brings leaders together to focus on starting new conversations. And this conversation is the Now Start Network's conversation uh, late last year with Pastor Matt Peoples of the Kairos Network. I'm really thankful that we have an opportunity to share those conversations on this podcast because they're really good ones, and they're focused on starting new. If you're interested in the Now Start Network, all you need to do is go to nowstart.net and check out the resources there, and you can sign up for these live calls that occur every other month, and then you can uh, participate. In the meantime, take a moment and listen in as Pastor Matt Peoples shares about starting new from his perspective with some great resources and great insights. Until the next episode, just know that I'm looking forward to meeting you around the next bend in the river and supporting you along the way. So this is the theme verse of the Now Start Network you're looking at. The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground, he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, though he knows not how. The earth produces all by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain, and the ear. That seed sprouting and growing is what we're all about. Um, Paul talks in his letter to 1 Corinthians verse three, or chapter 3, verse 5, What is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants to whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants or he waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. As I stop to share there, uh, just to let you know, that's what we're all about here uh, in the Now Start Network. We're about being fellow servants, doing the work of the ministry, planting and watering. And it doesn't matter if you are a professional clergy or if you're a lay leader in the church, uh, God's called us all to this task and we all have a different role in it. And we are fellow servants working together. Soon ergos is the, is the word that Paul used there. And he used it for both those who are professional and also for those who are lay. And so we do the same thing. We work together. And so today, um, we are going to be working together with Matt Peoples, who's, uh, who's out in the New Jersey district. Matt Peoples, just let me introduce you a little bit, Matt, and then you can fill us in more about who you are. But um, So Matt, after seminary, uh, planted a church in Knoxville, Tennessee called The Point. And The Point 
started out with a very simple premise, come as you are, text in your questions. And with focus on uh, worship and connecting with people through social media and connecting with them in every walk of life, no matter who they were, uh, the point began to grow. Uh, a few years ago, maybe five years ago or so, uh, Matt left the point and headed off to New Jersey district uh, where he's been working with church planters in New Jersey. And while he was at, at the point in Knoxville, he also started chronicling his journey there with something called Life of a Church Planter, which is now a website and still hosts webinars. When he moved to the New Jersey district, he started something called the Kairos Network with some other leaders around the LCMS to help equip and prepare church planters and new ministry starts, not only in the New Jersey district, but around our synod. And so that's really what we're going to do today is just hear about what they're doing. How can we can connect with it as the Now Start Network in the Northwest and how together as soon as we can, we can work for the ministry of Jesus. And so Matt, uh, first off, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Finish the introduction. Oh, and by the way, everybody, this might work easiest. There's about 25 of us on here or so. If you want to set your Zoom to a speaker view, and that way, whoever is talking, you'll be able to see them front and center. That's in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, so feel free to do that. There's a chat function on the right. Feel free to use that at any time. If you want to chime in with questions or things that are happening, um, feel free to do that. And uh, also, if you would, keep yourself muted. That way we have no feedback when everybody else is talking. But Matt, I'm going to turn it over to you. Just tell us a little bit about, add to my introduction, who are you and why did you jump into church planting and how how'd that all start? Yeah, I kind of got uh, I kind of got pulled into church planting, said I would never do it, um, and then through just different people in my life um, calling that out of me and doing different assessments and stuff, that's where I ended up going and fell in love with it, thought that's what I would do for, you know, the rest of my pastoral career. And then uh, it was one of those God moments, which is why we call it the Kairos Network, but um, I was, it just had this random month at the point where I didn't have any new interns working with us, didn't have any on the horizon. Um, you know, things were going really well. So it was the perfect time to stay. And I get this random email from Tony Steinbrunn in the New Jersey district. And he says, would you ever think of coming to New Jersey? And my reply was, where's New Jersey? Um, (laughs) Went, went out there. And um, what I just realized was there was just incredible potential and just a lot of disconnected people. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm speaking to the choir because when I see what you guys are doing in the Northwest, it's, it's the same deal. You know, I went from a church on every street corner to, you know, next to nothing. And yet we're the most population dense state in the country. And I just saw like tremendous potential um, and ended up taking over a church that was a hundred years old, um, which is something else I said I would never do. So I said, I'd never move farther North, never live in a parsonage and I would never take over an existing church and did all three of those. Um, but God was kind of moving in it. And so in the process of taking that church over, what I learned was everything we were doing with church planting applied to revitalization and revisioning a church. It's just the application was different. And then alongside doing that in the midst of this church, helping this church see like the bigger vision of what they could be beyond just themselves. And so launching out the network so that we could train church planters to plant in and throughout New Jersey. And that's, again, what I thought we would do. And then uh, we started developing a mobile app for training to kind of help with our training pipeline. And um, what essentially happened was COVID hit. 
And all of a sudden, we just had the spur of the moment idea, hey, let's do a webinar to help people navigate all these rapid changes. And so all of a sudden, the webinar series kind of blew up and uh, we started creating more resources to help churches uh, navigate these uh, rapidly changing times. Um, so currently working with uh, Ben Griffin over at Link in uh, Twin Cities. And um, essentially what we came up with was, you know, now the real hard focus of our network is to create training uh, resources and strategy to help uh, churches connect an ever-changing culture to an unchanging gospel. Um, and so that's kind of our, our hard focus. Amen. So when you went to New Jersey, you didn't necessarily have a plan for how you would equip new church plants. You went there just with no. the big idea that I'm going to try to lead this hundred year old church and I don't want to give up on church planning. Yeah, we, my wife and I had set a non-negotiable. One of the best pieces of advice I was ever given was to come up with your top three non-negotiables and then your three, it would be great, but it doesn't have to be. And one of our top three was actually being able to do training center. So whatever ministry we were in, we had to be able to do a training center with it. And um, so we had the concept of the training center. We had a lot of the pieces in place, um, but we just went out. Nobody was ready to, to plant yet. And all of a sudden these guys just materialized. So we've planted uh, two churches so far, uh, Mile Square and Camino de Fe. One's a bilingual church plant. And we're looking at uh, planting a few more and then currently coaching um, four guys in church planting, uh, two in Texas, one in Maryland, and one out at the seminary. Tell us a little bit about that coaching. How does that go when they're in a totally different part of the country than you are? Yeah, you know, it's really, it's really interesting. In fact, um, do you mind if I do a quick screen share? Please do. I think you just have to, let's see here, you just have to give me the right to screen share and I'll screen share with you and kind of show you let's see here i apologize oh. i thought i told it to do that let me make <laughs> sure we'll see um let me go to my advanced sharing options oh there we go all participants that's for cool. that good one. all right there we go you should be good so it's not a webinar unless you've subjected people to bad art right um <laughs> so i kind of was really informed by this model. Are, are you guys familiar with Simon Sinek's Why, How, What? Um, he has, there's this incredible TED talk called Start With Why. And Start With Why is, is this uh, talk that talks about organizations in general. And he says, every organization has a what, which is what you see. Uh, they have a how, which is how it happens. And then they have a why. Um, and everybody knows what the what is. The example I like to use is Starbucks. So like, you know, Starbucks, it's a coffee shop. You walk in, you see, you smell the coffee. Anybody would realize it's a coffee shop. Uh, there's a few people that know how Starbucks works. But if you have ever read Howard Schultz's book, you learn the why behind Starbucks. All of a sudden, everything they do makes sense. You know, Howard Schultz wanted to create this third space, this kind of like European coffee experience where it was about more than just the coffee. It was about community and connection. And when you understand the why, every decision they make all of a sudden makes sense. It makes sense they have a million power chargers. It makes sense that even in the middle of Manhattan, they have conversation tables, which is just crazy, you know, with real estate being what it is. But you then compare it to like a Dunkin' Donuts and you realize Dunkin' Donuts has a radically different why. 
They want you in and out. They're the commuter coffee shop. You know, everybody's on the go quickly. They don't have tables. They don't put power chargers out. It's kind of their way of saying, grab your donut, grab your coffee and go. Whereas Starbucks is saying, have community here. And the difference is not that it's a coffee shop. The difference is the why that's driving everything. And so when it comes to church planting, church planting has some core whys that transcend culture. And so it doesn't matter if you're in the Northwest or you're in the Northeast. They're just things that are true to church planting. And so what we do in our training is we focus on the whys, the things that transcend culture. And then as guys begin to learn those whys, they're able to apply that to their specific culture, their specific context. And so what I like to tell guys is the why of, uh, the why of ministry is just really simple. It's kind of four tier. It's just, you've got number one is the gospel. That's huge. You have your cultural context. You have your mission and vision. And then you have your unique apostolic esprit. Those four things kind of come together. And then those are the things that then inform the how pieces like model and stuff like that. And then that's ultimately what will express what people see. So the reality is it doesn't matter whether you're planting like a large launch or you're planting a missional community or micro churches, or you're planting a, a parachurch style ministry or an actual church. There's just things that are common to planting something new that are across the board the same. And so we focus in on those things to kind of lower the barrier of entry. And then that helps people then dive into planting whatever it is God's put on their heart to plant. Thanks, Matt. Do me a favor, if you would, break down real yeah. quick those four pieces of the why. Could you do that for us? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you've got, uh, let me, you guys need to see this here. Let me screen share it again. More, more bad art for you. Um, so in these four pieces of the why, you've got um, essentially here, I'll do it another spot so it's a little easier to see. Think, think about it as like a, a square. Mm -hmm. Is that your truck program? You've got yeah, yeah, gospel. Well, you've got cultural it. context. So gospel is just, you know, gospel. Yeah. We don't ever want to assume it, but we want to take time to really dig into it. Um, and then cultural context is just the area you're in. So, you know, what are the good things in your culture? What are the broken things in your culture? What are the redeemable things? You know, what are the rhythms that people live in that you're trying to reach? What language do they speak? What, what background do they have? Stuff like that. The um, mission and vision is just the focus of your church. And that's actually something that will come out of your cultural context. So like if you take a really simple look at what's called a diamond summary, you mix your cultural context with your uh, collective potential. So like what are the unique skills that you have as a group pulled together? And then you mix together what's called your unique apostolic esprit, which I also put up here in the, in the square. And a unique apostolic esprit is just the apostolic wiring that you or, or the group of people gathered together have. So, you know, each, each group of Christians has a different apostolic esprit that's probably dominant. So, like, um, in the NOW network, you've got, you've got a lot of apostle apostolic esprit, this desire to see things created and launched out, you know. Some churches have a real shepherding heart. Some churches have a teaching heart, you know, evangelistic. And so those things all come together to inform this why that then drives out into the how and the what of what you're doing. 
thanks, Matt, for sharing that. Uh, especially helping us connect uh, the gospel, the culture, to the vision we have, to that unique uh, gift that God's given us for carrying out the gospel of that apostolic spirit. That's really helpful to see. So, and that uh, was probably my biggest learning in, in church planting was uh, I did some work with city to city. Yeah. I did a training with them when I moved out to New Jersey. And I, before that time, the first thing I would always do with guys when we talk about church planting was mission vision. Let's get right into the nuts and bolts. Let's give you the practical tools you need. And the first thing city to city does, they spend two months doing it, is they just stop and go over the gospel. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is, you know, going to be a waste of time. I'm a Lutheran. I've got an, you know, MDiv from Lutheran Seminary. I should know the gospel. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, when, when they unpack it, you're just like, man, I didn't think about how that applied to my ministry or my life or how I was living out my work rhythms and things like that. And so taking time whenever you're training somebody and planting or some kind of entrepreneurial endeavor to just say, let's go over the gospel. Maybe it's quick, but just don't take it for granted. And then you kind of show people that priority. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're doing this with folks you said through a, through an app. Tell us about how yeah, the app came about yeah. and how does that help with carrying people through these, uh, these principal whys, building these out in their start. Yeah, the app came about from just really simply uh, necessity. Um, I'm, I'm kind of big into, into kind of solving problems and coming up with tools that will help me um, be able to utilize training. And something we do in our church plant training is we do what's called a 10-20-70 method or a, a transformational learning style. So like if you think of the academic model, the academic model is 70% book learning, 20% one-on-one mentorship, 10% do. Transformational learning style flips that on its head. It's 10% book learning, 20% one-on-one mentorship, and then 70% just doing. If you're talking about anybody that's in the field or trying to learn to plant or do something, it's the best model to use to train them in how they're doing what they're doing. Um, and so what we did was we created a mobile app so that we could essentially put that 10% content all in one spot. So it was really easy for our guys to navigate. And so I'll, uh, here, I'll show that to you really quick too. Yeah, that'd be great. So all, all I simply did was um, we did a mobile app. And so this is a mobile app you can download your app store. It's the Kairos uh, network app. It's uh, free in the app store. And, um, oh, my iPads. Hang on one second. Make sure it's online here. Yeah, show it up. The free flying J Wi-Fi. There we go. All right. Free premium. There we go. Um so the mobile app right here is just designed to kind of walk people through um, the different pieces of the pipeline. And so what I did once we get through my flying J login here <laughs> is um, essentially we broke down a pipeline. So apparently I haven't logged in on my iPad in a while. So up here we have network training. And so some different networks have used it. But what I did on the Kairos network is I just said, okay, here's our planter training. So essentially, this represents our entire planting pipeline from beginning pre-planter, like you're just thinking about it, uh, dreaming about it, all the way to you're training somebody else how to plant. And so 
what we did was we put each step in the process right into the mobile app. And so we start with, like I said, gospel centered. And then what I loved about the mobile app is each section has like the explore, which has all the content. We can mix in all kinds of stuff. So we can mix in an ebook uh, mixed in with um, a video that we've produced. We can also on some of these other sessions uh, mix in content that's, that's not ours, but we just love and use all the time and, and find totally vital like uh, on personal vitality. This is one of my favorites. So we talk through the Enneagram, but then we've got this great video from Wayne Cordero on YouTube. That's uh, dead leader running, which is one of my favorites. Um, and so we're able to mix all these things in, in a way that they're really easy for the average person to just grab a hold of and move through piece by piece. So they're not having to like find all these like divergent things. They're just all in one spot. And then what that allows us to do is to tell the people we're training, Hey, you need to do your content first. And then when we meet, let's talk about what you've already done versus when we meet, let me teach you everything. And then maybe you're process it quickly. Maybe you don't. This kind of puts everybody on the same page and it creates more of a discipleship centered training style versus necessarily just a sit and listen to me and then I'll teach you what you need to know kind of style. So people walk through this on their own. They walk through the app. Mm -hmm. They, they explore the content, they study, they learn. That's the 10%. They start doing, they start getting into that 70%. Yeah. And as they're doing, they're reflecting on what they've learned. And then the coaching aspect is the 20% where they're reflecting on that with a church planter. Yeah. Where they're, they're walking through it with a trainer and uh, just able to kind of like debrief what they're doing. Trainer sharing his experience. He's asking them questions, kind of challenging them a little bit. Because when you think about it, it's like, you know, when are these things the most practical? And so we tried to think through as somebody was planting, like what, what, what piece are they going to need that's going to build on the next piece kind of thing. And so that's why when we did our planting thing, if you look here, the first three sessions are heavily into the idea of spiritual vitality because that's one of the hardest parts of planting. And then as you're starting to get into it, well, we're going to talk about time management and execution because all the best plans in the world aren't going to work if you don't have a strategy for executing. And so that's kind of, you know, thinking about each piece and trying to build it together as it comes even thinking about like, what does somebody need when they're just dreaming about planting versus when they're actually like boots on the ground trying to figure this out. And so that's when we'll talk about reading your context and mission vision development and core team building and things like that. And so that's kind of the goal, but it's also flexible in the sense of if you're training somebody, you can be dynamic, you know, maybe they need, maybe they don't need prayer and fasting right away. Maybe what they need is spiritual vitality. And so you kind of shift things over a little bit. And so the way you've described this to me, and you've just told us, that this is, you've got this out there for free, the app. You download it for mm -hmm. free. Yeah. And then yeah. And church planners out here in the Northwest or new, those who are doing new starts uh, can start working through the app. Um, and they could actually connect with a trainer out here in the Northwest to walk through mm -hmm. that with them too. It doesn't require them to connect necessarily with a trainer out there in New Jersey. It can right. be somebody who's, who they're going to see face-to-face -face at some point uh, if they want to. Oh, absolutely. And then, too, what I would encourage you is, you know, if, if you've got somebody to train, a lot of times we think, well, let me send them to somebody to train them. Instead of just realizing you've already got the relationship, 
So why don't you walk them through the process? Because I guarantee you, you know more about this than you realize. Um, and so what we also offer is just helping guys who are training people for the first time, like just call us up and I'll share my favorite mistakes <laughs> and, and wins. Yeah. So yeah, we, we all need to have, to have somebody who's sharing our mistakes and our wins and encouraging them, walking us through it. And uh, I'm watching the chat and uh, Dust put in there too. Spiritual vitality is so incredibly important for us. That, that just need to be that grounding to be able to do yeah. something with the gospel. Yeah, and that that was my thing with um, when we talk about the pre-planter stuff. That's that stuff that I would want to walk most average Christians through. Um, there's there's pieces in there that I'm trying to walk the members of my church through, even even up to like the discipleship training, um, just because I think they're good for anybody. But if you start doing that basic stuff with everybody around you, all of a sudden what you're going to find is some of those entrepreneurially gifted people, you know, some of those people that start to get a ministry passion or a vision for launching something, they start to kind of filter up. And then you've already been training them in that. You just start moving them into the next levels. Well, it's great to hear that because here at Now Start, we're, we're about encouraging new starts, revitalizations, but also... Uh, just equipping lay people for new ministry starts in their own context. Uh, maybe you're not expecting to start a new church, but, but there's a new ministry that you can start and it'll make a difference for the gospel. If you get it going and being able to walk at just an average church member through these things and see if that entrepreneurial spirit builds up. If, if the Holy spirit catches hold of them and encourages them in something, uh, we're all about that out here too. So. It's awesome to hear. I got another question for you that came through the chat yeah. already had to do with uh, the church planters that you are in contact right with right now. Yes, are any of those bivocational or co-vocational? Are they, are they just focusing? Yeah, go back yeah you know, uh, so yeah, each one's a little bit different. I love that. One, uh, the one in Hoboken was a true to form church plant. The, uh, one Camino de Fe, I love telling the story. He uh, came up to me, he was an existing kind of uh, pastor in the district, but he wasn't working full-time, full-time with like a ministry. And uh, he spoke Spanish. And so he came up and said, hey, can you do the church plant training? And I'm like, yeah, have you ever thought about bilingual ministry? He said, never. Uh, I was like, okay, you like still do the training. It'll be fun. And uh, three months later, he comes up to me and he goes, so I've got 10 bilingual speakers meeting in a living room for a Bible study. What do we do next? And so that was a church plant that like it came from the ground up and we've always been trying to backfill the funding and help him, you know, figure out how to like fund this thing more fully, like moving forward. Um, we've got one guy that's just a DCE. We've got one guy that's doing a, a church plant out of a church that died. Um, and then it died. So they intentionally partnered with the school. So he works at the school and he works with the church plant. So he's doing kind of a more of a co-vocational style than what I would call bivocational style, which is really cool. And he's trying to plant a church that like integrates into those two areas, which is really cool. Um, yeah, those are some of the, those are some of the ones we're working. And then there's one in Texas that's doing micro church. Um, and so that's, that's really cool to see how that's kind of coming out more of a neighborhood model. So how is that microchurch different from sort of that bivocational one that just started as a Bible study in, in somebody's home? Is microchurch intentionally different than that? 
You know, what's interesting is when you, most people, when they're thinking about planting churches, they start with, they start with model. But if you go back to that idea of the what, the what, the how, and the why, Mm -hmm. model is actually in the how ring. And the problem is we jump to the how ring instead of starting with the why ring, really asking questions about context and people and what, what do the people need kind of thing. And so my challenge to guys is we always start with the why, and then you'll start to see models coming out of that. And you'll even see models transition, like COVID transitioned Mile Square from more of a traditional large launch model in a movie theater to more of a micro church thing. And they started seeing more growth through micro church in Hoboken than they did doing the traditional church format. And so when you start with the why, it also gives you this, this really powerful missional flexibility, uh, which is really cool. And so what I always say is don't start with my, if somebody's in love with the model, tell them, Hey, that's great. But let's start, let's start more basic than that. Because oftentimes what we try to do is we try to get people to fit into our idea of what ministry should be instead of like going into the culture and saying, we've got word and sacrament. We need to plant that into the culture. What's the best way to do that so that people can actually grab a hold of it and connect with it. Yeah. I really appreciate that. What you said about mission flexibility, there's got to be that freedom in the gospel to, to go where Jesus is leading. And if, if it doesn't look like what my model was going to be, I need that freedom to shift it because God's doing something different over here. And to, uh, to be able to this and bring the word and sacrament to that place and to those people. So that's always encouraging. So uh, just say a little bit more about your uh, Life of a Church Planter website. What kinds of things can we find out there? You've already talked about there's some webinars out there. Um, what else yeah. could be helpful? So we've got uh, a bunch of webinars that cover everything from um, doing virtual church worship. Um, we just did a thing with uh, Tanner Boley, who's actually in your all's area. He's in Bend, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. Man, if you guys get a chance to connect with that guy, he's phenomenal. He has a heart for small and medium-sized churches. And so he developed a whole live stream kit that fits the budget of a small to medium-sized church, but allows you to do multi-camera, allows you to do um, presentation software, all that kind of stuff, which is so cool. Um, and so we did a, a 21 church training with him out here and then did a live stream and put together an ebook with that. Um, we cover things like uh, preaching and teaching and ministry, um, We've dove into issues of racial reconciliation and some of that um, in recent times. But uh, one of the big things that we're working on is just kind of a model to figure out what tools you need for your church that will be most helpful. Um, And so we're coming, uh, Ben Griffin and I have been developing what's called the 3P model, um, which is essentially a model that helps you figure out what model you might need to incorporate into your ministry and what areas of your ministry need to be in place for things to like really click forward. Uh, thanks so much. I, I, just hearing about these resources that are out there for us are really going to be helpful as people on this call and the people we talk to start to navigate some new starts in their own church in their area. What I want to do, we've got about 10 minutes left with you, Matt, if you can hang on with us for 10 minutes. I want to take some time and respond to people's questions, but I'm going to ask those who are on the call to do this. Uh, because we are uh, trying to maximize the time we have with Matt, I'd ask you to put your questions in the chat box, and then I'll voice them to Matt, and then give Matt a chance to respond to them. So uh, one of those that's already there is, 
Ness uh, Kunkel is asking, explain a little more about what you mean by true-to-form church plant, and um, if you could articulate in your own words your why, what would it be? Yeah, um, so I'll start with my why. My why is to be a catalyst for planters, uh, preachers, and churches to connect the disconnected to Jesus Christ. That's like my life vision. It flows through everything we do. It's rare that I'll start an organization that doesn't have that language in there somewhere. Um, and, and what I've realized is if there's not that passion for connecting the disconnected, I, I oftentimes just kind of check out um, because I feel like there's enough stuff out there that's, that's not focused on that, that I want to be focused on that. Um, when I say true to form church plant, um, I don't mean a true style of church plant. I mean what we kind of generally think of as a church plant. You know, the, the large launch kind of um, 20th century model of planting, um, which I think is, is going to be one of many that are needed. Uh, I personally think what we need to do is we need to see church plant models as like paintbrushes. Mm-hmm. And you need a different brush uh, for different works of art, you know. And there's, there's an incredible book out there um, that I would recommend to everybody. We've done a bunch of webinars with them. Steve Pike just wrote a book called uh, Next Wave. And he talks about the mental shifts we need to make to be able to do 21st century ministry versus 20th century ministry models. Um, and it's, he breaks out a lot of the stuff in some of the webinars, but the book is just so beautiful and just incredibly helpful in that realm. So I would, I would highly recommend that to y'all. Um, especially, I'm, I just resonate with you because in the Northeast, it's like the Northwest. It's like, you know, we use the traditional model. We might as well close the door now, you know, in, instead of saying, let's, let's get creative and let's get the gospel out and let's, you know, see what Jesus does with it which is what we really reminded we, we need to do over and over again out here is find creative ways to get the gospel out. And like you say, put a word in sacrament in a context uh, where people will connect with it, connect with the disconnect. Uh, for all of you out on there on the call, uh, start throwing some questions in the chat room. Uh, I don't see any more there yet, but I'll give you a chance to throw some in there before we get too far along. And Ty um, is asking in Alaska, what's the name yeah. of the book again? Name of the book is uh, Next Wave, and I'll make sure I get the title right, because sometimes I've, I've even used subtitles as titles, uh, and my friends have knocked on me for that one. Um, but it's, uh, I'm pulling it up on my Kindle now, so. Yeah, yeah take your time. It's, uh, but the, the author is Steve Pike, and Steve Pike was the one that, yeah, it's called Next Wave. Subtitle is Developing the 21st Century Church. Um, and Steve, Steve Pike is the guy that launched, um, church multiplication network. Okay. And then retired from that to launch urban islands, which is a ministry he designed to learn how to reach hard to reach places like urban centers. Um, yeah. Great. And, and thanks Eric Bowman out there in Corvallis, Oregon for dropping the, dropping the link into the chat box for us. Appreciate that. Any other questions out there from, from all you on the call? I'm going to give you a chance to. To ask before we let Matt go. Okay, while those are while those are populating, I've got some more of my own. So, um, as you think about the future of, of LCMS, and you think about your role in helping support new, new plants, um, 
that. Yeah, they show the need for more organizations like the Kairos Network to be popular. Yeah, I feel like we need to all consolidate and work together and do it in one specific way. What are your thoughts on that? I'm a, I'm a both and guy. Um, one of the reasons we created the network was just to support and partner with other networks and to be able to support each other in, in what we're doing. I do think, I do think we're really good at starting our own siloed things. And I do think we need to connect more, but I don't think that means we have to give total structure and, and, uh, organizational power for like one group. I just think we need to collaborate more conversations like this are huge. Um, I think the other thing we need to do is the LCMS is we need to kind of um, learn, learn how to get super creative within our structure. So like, for example, what I've learned in the LCMS is we don't care what somebody does as much as what they're called. So I think what we need to do is just start releasing people to, to launch ministries out to, to do different things like that and just make sure you're not calling them something that's already designated and then as, as you start seeing fruit, then let's figure out what we'll do with it after the fruit's there instead of trying to parse it all out before we even before get going. Before even start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate what you're saying about working together, not siloing in our efforts for raising up new leaders and for our church, church new start networks, uh, because there are a lot going on across uh, the LCMS right now. And uh, yeah, that's the whole reason that we're connected and having calls because we in the Northwest district would now start to find the same thing to be important. I've um, got a couple of questions in there. One is uh, share a little bit about rec racial reconciliation where you've seen mm -hmm. uh, some traction in an approach that you've put out there. I think the biggest, the biggest traction I'm seeing is that the conversation is still happening and that we're more willing to have the conversation instead of letting it just kind of fizzle out. Um, I felt really not, maybe not convicted is the wrong word, but um, just felt like it was really important to be a part of the conversation this time instead of just kind of stepping back and letting other people have the conversation. And, and for me, being a part of the conversation was just inviting people and asking them questions. Um, because I realized that I don't have the cultural background or framework to really dig in um, in those spots. And I need to do a lot of listening kind of in that aspect. Um, yeah, so I think, I think the biggest thing is just keeping the conversation out there and being humble, you know. Um, the conversation and, out there as a listener, that's really important. Yeah. And not as the conversation leader. Yeah. yeah. Um, Amy asked a really great question. Um, God has me on a path to work with families that are under-resourced, any places already doing this kind of ministry, um, a family resource center, if you will. I think Link has amazing tools um, for doing ministry stuff like that. Um, they have a whole, um, they have a whole like business plan style thing that you, they can help work you through to like put it together. And actually a lot of it's on our mobile app too, uh, under Link's network stuff. So the deal with the mobile app is, anybody that utilizes the app has to be willing to share everything they do for free. So they, uh, they also share their stuff that they develop for free on there. And they've got some really great resources to walk through that. I think, um, different, um, different thrift shops. I know, uh, if you, if you reach out to Ben Griffin, um, in twin cities, he's got some great examples of ministries that are doing that really well, um, in underserviced areas. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Amy, for a question. Great question. Um, we are getting close to the end of our time with you. I promised you 45 minutes. It's been a great 45 minutes. 
but before we end your part of the conversation, I want to give you one, you one last chance to say anything you want to say to us. So uh, first of all, any one last parting shot that you want to share with us? Um, we've got a Facebook group, Life at Church Planner. So if you want to connect, there's about 800 planters on there. So if you want to connect with other planters and just great group for questions, uh, pull that out. And then if you sign up for any of the webinars, you can join our email list and that'll keep you posted. But if you guys know of any resources that would be helpful, any conversations we need to be having, I would love to know that. Um, so I'll just drop my email here in the, uh, in the chat and then, um, feel free to just reach out to me and, and let me know. Cause I'd love to make sure we're providing stuff that's actually beneficial and helpful. Awesome. Matt, thank you. Thanks for being so helpful. Thanks for putting yourself out there to be used by anyone across the country. Uh, just going where, where the Lord might lead. You just listened to the Now Leading Podcast, hosted by the Northwest District LCMS, leadership conversations from a Lutheran point of view for Christian leaders of all kinds. Take a moment after this podcast, and with everything you've just heard in mind, consider at least one action you will take. Then go and make it happen.